Welcome to the Meet Hope podcast, where we have conversations about faith and hope. Hope is one church made of people living out their faith through two expressions, in person and online. We believe a hybrid faith experience can lead to a growing influence in our community and our world for the sake of others. Welcome to Hope. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Meet Hope Podcast, and today Rick and Jeff are together. Woohoo! <laughs> together again. Yes, uh, Jeff, I enjoy doing these with you. I hope you, I hope you feel the same. Thank Good. You. So today we're uh, doing Cassidy it. and the Sundance Kid. <laughs> And other fantasies. Uh, yeah, I want to be Robert Redford, if that's okay. Uh, so I'm Paul Newman? Yeah, you'll right, take it. Cool, okay, sure. Deal. All right. That is a reference <laughs> no one is going to get who listens to the podcast. Indeed. Uh, so welcome to another episode of what we're calling Monday School, and that's where we're looking at some episodes designed to be more educational, answering some why or what questions of faith. And today, believe it or not, we're going to talk about what is a Methodist. Yes. What does it mean to be part of the Methodist church? Mm-hmm. So just a quick brief history, and Jeff, you can add uh, some thoughts here as well. Uh, the Methodist church was founded by John Wesley. Uh, he was an Anglican priest in the 1700s. We don't need to go too far into that, but he was. Yep. Uh, he didn't set out to start a new church. That wasn't his desire, but he wanted to reform the church that he was part of. Right. Uh, but his movement, uh, known as Methodists, because they were methodical, mm-hmm. uh, they were disciplined, and they had a method, uh, separated from the Church of England years later. And so really what we're going to talk about first is why in the world does that even matter? Mm. Um, Jeff, you and I have always been part of the Methodist Church. Yes, right? we're probably the outliers at Hope. <laughs> there are not a lot of those of us who... Uh, were raised within the the Methodist Church. Yeah, I went to a small church in Bayville, New Jersey, called Trinity United Methodist Church. It's no longer open, but, okay. um, but that was the church I grew up in. Was baptized in it. I, you know, it's funny. <clears throat> it occurred to me recently that every church I've ever belonged to is H U M C. Really, I was raised at Hamilton United Methodist. That's interesting. Uh, trans transferred my membership to Haddonfield Methodist before I was ordained. And then started Hope United Methodist. Wow! So you got some good T-shirts that you can continue to wear. H-U-M-C T-shirts. H-U-M-C T-shirts. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and so, but along the way, we both made choices to not only attend Methodist churches, but to continue to attend and even to work as as Methodist pastors. So it's it's got some meaning for both of us, and part of that meaning is that we're part of something bigger than a local church. In uh, like, for instance, in Voorhees, yeah, and, and I think you may have had a similar thing that, uh, that uh, in my young adult life, I looked at uh, churches outside of the, uh, the mm-hmm. United Methodist uh, thing and uh, to see what the differences were and and uh, if if there was something that I thought was better, um, and and ended up coming back to uh, the United Methodist Church. I think for us as a local church, as Hope United Methodist Church, and and folks know that we don't emphasize the United Methodist part mm-hmm. of of Hope, um, and that was an intentional decision um, because for some folks, uh, United Methodist brings some baggage, um, perceived baggage, not even necessarily right. real, but mm-hmm. things they perceive that it means. And uh, 
So we didn't want that. <clears throat> excuse me. We didn't want that to be a hindrance to people uh, exploring uh, Hope Church. But the strength of one of the strengths, and we'll talk about several. One of the strengths of being part of uh, the United Methodist Church is there's a level of accountability mm-hmm. for us as a local church outside of the local church, so that um, it in some churches, in independent churches, and and in some other churches, um, the accountability ends with the pastor or with a board, and for us. We have levels of accountability beyond that. So we're part of um, a conference, mm-hmm. and over the conference is a bishop and district superintendents. Um, there's financial accountability. There's theological accountability. Um, and so if something's going a little haywire in a mm-hmm. local church, uh, the congregation can reach out to uh Folks beyond uh, those who are internal to the church. Yeah, and we're and we're connected to. We have this connectional system where we're part of what is hundreds of churches in New Jersey, right? And we're part of something that's even global. Uh, and and the 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 um, the impact that we get to have is is greater than if we were just a oh yeah independent church on our own. Yeah, there are things that we as a congregation support. The, um, Throughout New Jersey, um, and then throughout the country, and as you said, uh, around the globe, um, that we have a part of because we contribute to those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And, you know, in rehearsal, you mentioned that uh, I, I went to Asbury College, which is yeah. now Asbury University, by the way. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it means nothing. Uh, my diploma yeah. didn't change. But, uh, you know, that's uh, – some people call that the Method United Methodist Mecca, right? That's right. the That's the, 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 the grassroots. It was founded by Francis Asbury, one of the, you know, the famous Methodist pastors on the east coast of, of the United States at the – back in the – Colonial days. Yeah, yeah, colonial, 1700s, right. Uh, But when I was there, I remember, I knew I was going to be a pastor, and the decision was, am I going to be a United Methodist pastor? Mm -hmm. Am I going to work in a Methodist church? I remember that was was a struggle. That was a, 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 a conversation I had with myself, with others, just trying to decide, is this for me? And for, and for me, it became that I relate best and experience God best through a Wesleyan theology, which which for me is was what has always held me to be a part of the Methodist Church, and it's because of really one word that you and I uh, have talked about before a lot in messages, because it's it's who it's part of who we are, and that's that central to our faith. Yeah, it's it's the idea of grace, right? Uh, that grace is this that we start with a premise that. No one is saved by doing good things, that no one is uh, uh, saved because of what we do, but we will, because of what God does through and did through Jesus. Uh, no one's loved more than anyone else because of their behavior. God loves us uh, because God chooses to love us. And what I loved about John Wesley was um, just this focus that it's all about grace. Every aspect of life is uh connected to God's grace mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that that idea of this free gift not earned um, uh, but a gift from God and every aspect of life for Wesley uh, tied back to God's to God's grace yes yes and th- and that's what our first desire here at hope is is to connect people to God yeah and to connect them through this growing relationship with Jesus Christ yeah. and uh, our goal is not to show off Bible knowledge and and if that's the case then 
that there's probably other places that people would want to be because that's not what we're trying to do. Uh, we're not trying to prove that one human being is better than another or one church is better than another. Right. We've missed the point then. The idea is that that God loves us uh, um, and then God saves us and God forgives us because of Jesus. But that idea of grace really can be broken down into four great, are there more than that, but we're going to talk about four graces, yep. right? And the first one is, you said it earlier, it's your favorite. Uh, it is. Provenient grace. Yeah, and, and uh, not a word that uh, we here in the common vernacular. Yeah, uh, I don't you know, I don't talk about provenient to anything, often. right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's this um this idea of God going before us and uh and one of the ways I heard it described that that always stuck with me is God wooing us to himself that before yeah. we have any interest in God, before we uh, are aware of our need for God, that God is at work around us mm-hmm. uh wooing us to himself. And that that provenient grace is at work in every human mm-hmm. being all the time. And uh, so it's not that people who are far from God, God's far from them. Mm-hmm. God's provenient grace is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Spirit is working in, in people there. And so when we're talking about uh, introducing people to Jesus, Jesus is already at work. Yes. So, so evangelism then is... Where do I see God at work in this person's life already, mm-hmm. and uh, and how can I point them to that? Yeah, that God is pursuing us. Yeah. That uh, that God is pursuing people who will attend hope someday. Yes, uh, that God's working even more than we're working to do those <laughs> same things. Right? Yeah. Yeah. As much as we love to see people come to Christ, God wants that more. Yes. So we have, so that's provenient grace. Uh, the second is uh, saving grace. Yeah. Yeah. So. Ultimately, uh, that that God's grace rescues us, rescues us from a life of lostness, mm-hmm. uh, lost in this life, lost in um, uh, our own our own sin, lost in our own confusion, our own darkness, and uh, and lost into eternity. Yeah, and uh, so uh, that we are rescued from that. That God. Um, Finds us and and Jesus' description of the good shepherd, right? So that God proveniently, God is out searching right. for the lost and and then brings them back into the fold. Yeah, and saving us for this abundant life that's here and now. Yes, right. Yeah. So our goal then, as Methodists, is to invite others to that same grace that we've experienced, and that we're as we're growing ourselves to be more like Jesus, that we can invite others to this same kind of abundant life. And uh, yeah, that's that's again, that's that's a beautiful. And there thing. are other denominations that that believe that you are saved um, for from the beginning mm-hmm. that um, that there is no real choice that you were pre-designed. Yes. Uh, for salvation, and that's one of the hallmarks of the uniqueness of Wesleyan theology, that we believe that we do get to make that choice, and that everybody gets to make that choice. Yes. So God's proveniently working, but we still have to make the choice to believe. To yeah, that we can choose. Yeah. yeah. And then there's, and then a third aspect of grace is this idea of uh, redemptive grace. That once you've come into this relationship with Jesus, that God is going to fill us with this deeper kind of grace uh, that's going to help us grow, help us mature. So we're, so, yeah. So talk a little bit about redemption. You know, the thing um, that I love about God's redemptive grace and that idea of redemptive grace is that all of the, 
mess of my life from the past, you know, prior mm-hmm. to coming to faith in him, that God transforms, mm-hmm. that God makes the the brokenness of my life, the the darkness of my life, the junk of my life, um, transforms that and makes mm-hmm. it something yeah. something beautiful. There was a great song years ago about um, taking the ashes of my life and making it something beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the name of that group? Gregor? No. Gunger. Gunger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, we'll put that in the show notes, Ashley. How about that? <laughs> Uh, and then uh, what, what I love about, or another way for uh, the way we talk about redemptive grace is we would say we are in the process yes. of conforming to the image of Jesus Christ, right? He's, that that Jesus is taking those things in our life that we're that are that is being transformed into His likeness, right? Uh, which is why our worship plus two we talk about that is really the same thing. It's that when we're in small groups and we're connected to a body of Christ, when we're worshiping together, that's the way that God can begin to form us and transform us into His image and redeem those things in our life, even even redeeming our past. And yeah. we've I've talked about stories of my past. You've talked about how God has used those. things things that may have been dark but has now turned light into that and now has turned it into um into something beautiful right yeah it's that idea yeah. of ashes into beauty yeah you see that so you know people who just come out of broken experiences and and uh, and seeing how god um redeems it <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that's yeah. it's, it's just a great i image of redeeming, re- yeah. reshaping, reforming that um, for something good in your life. And not only in your life, but then uh, people take that those experiences and can share it with others who are in mm-hmm. the midst of that and point out how God redeemed their broken places. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it becomes a way for them to, to connect with other folks um, who are going through similar yeah, you know, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but one of my, and I've never shared it in a podcast for sure, but I love when I'm leading a small group and yeah. I see a conversation taking place. And when I see someone else in the group and they're able to use their story to encourage someone else's story, uh, man, yeah. that's my, that's my favorite, one of my favorite <laughs> things to see and yeah. experience. And I'm just watching it. It's that, it's that being in the front row and seeing, seeing the uh, uh, spiritual growth happen in two people's lives. One person is, is doing this for the sake of others. And the other person is experiencing the process of conforming. And yeah. man, it's such a, such a great thing to see. Uh, yeah. So we talked about prevenient, we talked about saving, we've talked about redemptive, and then we want to talk a little bit about sanctifying grace. Mm. Uh, sanctifying. That's, that sounds, that's a big word. Sanctification. <laughs> yeah. Now I grew up in the holiness movement. Uh, yeah. I, you know, again, I was part of that. Uh, uh, you were, you had, you were, you were uh, made to be, the way I understood it growing up is holy was perfect. And I never thought I could be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I've proven that I'm not perfect uh, more <laughs> than ever, but it means more than that. Right? And you know that it means yeah. to be set apart. Uh, and theologically, the idea is that uh, before the fall, we were made perfect. We were made in the image of God, right. uh, but sin separated us. Sin ruined us. And now God's intent is to restore us and to set us apart again and to yeah. make us holy. Uh, and maybe not the word H O L. Why, but more the word 
W H O L Y, mm-hmm. and that he wants all of us. He wants to transform every part of who we are. Yeah, mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, uh, to be whole. Yeah, the, every part of our lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a again. It's it's God's grace at work in that. And the way that I've described it over the years is. Uh, to become the man or to become the woman that God dreamed for mm-hmm. us to be, that that uh, the thing, the areas where sin messed us up and separated us and so forth, that God, he redeems that and yeah. he transforms that. Um, and what Wesley said about perfection, I love, mm-hmm. because the whole idea of perfection is kind of a turnoff almost. Yeah, Nobody's exactly. perfect. I can't be perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody should, you know, yep. and if you mm-hmm. think you're perfect... Uh, you're not, and so forth. But Wesley's understanding of perfection was to be made perfect in love, mm-hmm. and this idea that love is the goal. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, we are we are going on. Wesley talked about going on to perfection. That we are uh, maturing, growing in our capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, to love. Yeah, I remember in one of my classes at Asbury, uh, uh, my professor talked about how Wesley noticed in the Bible that salvation was about our wholeness in every aspect of life. Mm. And that, and for me, that's when I was like, all right, I can strive towards that. I can allow God to work that in me. I can't be perfect, right? but I can strive towards wholeness. And uh, yeah, that's... So there's the reasons why we love being Methodist. <laughs> and you know, Who knew? yeah, and all of that is really summarized in our vision. Uh, we talk about connecting people to God through a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We talk about connecting people to each other and authentic Christian community. We talk about connecting the church to the to the world to be salt and light. And that really is what it means to be a Methodist. And the other thing about holiness uh, that Wesley talked about social, social holiness, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that our holiness isn't so we're perfect and great and wonderful, but that um, it's for the sake of others, yeah. right? That mm-hmm. as we're maturing in our faith, we are bringing that good news uh, into the world in concrete ways mm-hmm. by caring for people, by loving people that uh, are are rejected mm-hmm. in some cases by society, who are lost and right. so forth, um, that, that part of our... Part of our uh, faith is, and and this is right from Jesus, right? That he cared for and loved uh, the lost. Yeah. And again, that's the one by one challenge, right? Is it's, that is yeah. that for the sake of others that Jesus <clears throat> that Jesus didn't come to get us into heaven, but to, for us to introduce heaven here on earth, right. right? That we and we pray that we talk about this that you know Jesus said that we could pray, "Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." And that's that's really what. The, the idea of social holiness is, is yeah. that we have this impact of bringing heaven here on earth. So, well, Jeff, this we're out of time. Uh, this yeah. has been a fun episode of Monday School here on the Meet Hope podcast, and uh, I hope you all enjoyed it as well. Uh, anything else to add, or are we good to go? No, I'm, I'm, that was fun, and... Uh... I feel like I should get an Asbury T-shirt. Yeah, and you know what we haven't mentioned is that Bodie's been with us the whole time. Bodie, Bodie the dog, and Bodie has been fighting with tape on the floor this whole time. I've been wrestling with him and duct tape. So yeah, yeah. If you hear any distractions, we can blame it all on Bodie. It's my dog. He's going on to perfection, but he's not there yet. All right, everybody, have a great day. Take care. Thanks for being a part of the Hope community as we continue our conversations about faith and hope. 
If you don't already, please join us for worship on Sundays or on demand. You can learn more at meethope.org or find us on socials at Meet Hope Church.